on in, listeners. Get comfortable. People will start pouring in right behind you in just a few minutes. Can I get you something to sip on while you wait? Our house special tonight is Nashville Anthems, dissecting 80s and 90s country music. I'm your unpretentious host, Melton McMainerberry, and it looks like you're already thinking of getting out of the dance floor to the infectious blues of Red Pan Alley, whom we want to thank for providing the theme music for this episode. Now, to clue you in, if you're new around here, Nashville Anthems is a little hideaway where those in the know come to nibble on what exactly it is that makes 80s and 90s country music particularly work. And we do that by closely examining each song that Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country stations serves up to us, one at a time. Sometimes we get a song that was big for its time, but has maybe fallen off the radar a bit over time for one reason or another, like Ronnie Millsap's He Got You, for example. Other times we tackle a cut that was maybe popular in its day and has remained a staple of 80s and 90s country, like Alabama's Love in the First Degree. And every now and then, we get to a song that was less of a hit in its day than an explosion and remains popular, iconic, and definitive for its time three or more decades later. And today, we have one of those, ladies and gentlemen. So squeeze into your favorite pair of 90s jeans and let's have some fun, because we're about to slide around on as dance-inducing a honky-tonker as ever there was. Brooks and Dunn's 1991 classic Boot Scootin' Boogie. So, if you haven't already, I hope you'll pause this podcast and give Boot Scootin' Boogie a few close listens. Yes, I know you've heard the song a million times, and so have I, but give a try to putting it in and pretending you've never heard it before. What are you hearing? Let's see if it lines up with what's hitting my ears about this old favorite. I'll also be referring to a couple of past Nashville Anthem selections as well, if you want to Chew those up on the old jukebox. It'd be Garth Brooks's Long Neck Bottle and Foster and Lloyd's Crazy Over You. The latter actually being a must-listen if you want to understand where Boot Scootin' Boogie is coming from. But either way, let's get into it. First off, as always, we want to give credit where credit is due. Boot Scootin' Boogie was recorded and released by the singing and songwriting duo of Brooks and Dunn on their 1991 debut album, Brand New Man. Now, we talked about Brand New Man and what a monster it was and still is in the Neon Moon episode, our most popular as of this recording, by the way. Thanks for listening, folks. So I won't belabor that point here. But suffice it to say that the album Brand New Man put Brooks and Dunn immediately on the 90s country music map in a major way. And its fourth, that's right, fourth single, Boot Scootin' Boogie, put country line dancing on the map, along with its contemporary, Billy Ray Cyrus's Achy Breaky Heart. By the way, is it still true that at any given time, someone in the world is always at a wedding doing the electric slide? Is that true? Anybody else heard that? No. Anyway, Boot Scootin' Boogie, the single, came out in 1992, around the same time the single Icky Break Your Heart came out. Now, if you want to ask the which came first question between the two of those related songs, you'll have a hard time getting a definitive answer. Brand New Man, the album, preceded Some Gave All, the album, by a few months in 1991, but Achy Break Your Heart, the single, beat out Boot Scootin' Boogie by a couple of months as a single. So, the best way to think of these two related songs is as contemporaries, and just leave it at that. Although both singles went to number one, Achy Breaky Heart was the bigger hit of the two, yet, eh, or maybe therefore, it has managed to become kind of a joke of the era, while Boot Scootin' Boogie remains iconic and respected. I have some ideas about why that is, some of which this episode may touch on, and, and maybe we'll get to Achy Breaky Heart itself on this podcast soon enough, and we can dive more deeply into that question. But for now... Rounding out the Boot Scootin' Boogie questions, the producers were Don Cook and Scott Hendricks, and like Neon Moon, the song was solo penned by half of Brooks and Dunn, Lerani Dunn half. Well, 
Now let's get into the song itself. What is it about Boot Scootin' Boogie that makes this song particularly work? And what might those things tell us about 80s and 90s country music more broadly? Well, first let's talk about how dance-inducing this song is. In addition to being explicitly about dancing, what's going on musically that makes you want to get on the dance floor and scoot those booze rather than staying at a table way in the back just listening? Well, first you've got the heavy swing groove. Now, we went into the idea in the Long Neck Bottle episode of what a swing groove is and why it feels naturally dancey with its off-kilter, back-and-forth rocking. So I invite you to go back and listen to that episode for a deeper dive on that idea. It's an especially good one to listen to, by the way, if you maybe skipped over it back then, because it tees up the popular Neon Moon episode that follows it that I just mentioned. Well, anyway, in short, swing music is inherently dance-inducing and has been associated with dance for, I guess, as long as the concept of swing music has existed Certainly as far back as my musical knowledge goes, and at least as far back as the big band music of the early to mid-20th century. And over to its country cousin, Western Swing. Not to mention 50s rock and roll. So the swing in Boot Scoot and Boogie in particular is super light on its feet while yet being prominent and heavy. So Brooks and Dunn manages to pull off like an in-your-face version of swing that yet feels organic and easy. It's one of those examples of a song perfectly embodying its subject matter because it has a heavy tread that yet skips along. Rather like, oh, I don't know, dancing in a pair of boots? Let's compare it to its predecessor, actually, Asleep at the Wheels version of the same song. Now, I want to spring the fact that Brooks and Dunn's version of Boot Scoot and Boogie, though written by Ronnie Dunn, is actually a cover of the Asleep at the Wheel version. I've actually already scooped myself on that fact in both the Crazy Over You and Elvira episodes. So, you know. But hey, that, that's what it's like when a song is this important for this era and genre, right? 34 episodes into this project, of course, we were already going to have mentioned Boot Scoot and Boogie. It's like Friends in Low Places and the aforementioned Achy Breaky Heart in that regard. It's not just part of 80s and 90s country music, but rather one of the moorings to which the rest of 80s and 90s country music is anchored, along with, you know, every George Strait song. Anyway, back to Asleep at the Wheel's version of Boot Scoot and Boogie. So Asleep at the Wheel, as you may know, is a Western swing group. That's just what they do. So here's what their version of Boot Scoot and Boogie sounds like. That's much closer to the 20th century big band music I mentioned earlier, right? I mean, self-consciously so. Clearly, that's just what they were doing. And we could talk about why that is and what the touch points between big band and Asleep at the Wheels version of Boot Scoot and Boogie are. And if this were an episode on Asleep at the Wheels version of Boot Scoot and Boogie, we certainly would do that. But let's focus instead on the touch points with Brooks and Dunn's cover version. You'll note, of course, that both songs are in heavy swing. And let's do sit on that idea for a second, because swing, like other terms that come up a lot here, like honky-tonk, blues, and hook, is a loaded term that we shouldn't just play fast and loose with. The basic idea is, as we've said before, that the upbeats are delayed in swing. So rather than being straight 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and, they come a little later, 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. In the purest sense, those upbeats fall on the last third of three equal subdivisions of the beat. So something like one enda, two enda, three enda, four enda, you'd call that a shuffle beat when the three-way subdivision is that strong. 
those aren't quite shuffles in these two versions of Boot Scootin' Boogie, but they are like pure swing in that sense. Out in the country past the city limits sign, there's a honky-tonk near the county line. Out in the country past the city limits sign, where there's a honky-tonk near the county line. Because in reality, that delayed beat that makes swing swing can be much more subtle. It can even be questionable. Like, hey, are they swinging that a little bit there? Or the band may kind of switch in and out of swing in different spots, such that the idea of swing in those instances may be less tied to precise fractions and more about vague feelings. That's not the case here. As I said, these are almost shuffles, especially Brooks and Dunn's version. And I think it's fair to say that the more obvious the swing, the more of a group dancing vibe is induced. Because this kind of unambiguous beat doesn't invite individual interpretation, but uniformity, a la country line dancing. So Brooks and Dunn take the idea that a sleep at the wheel established by running Boot Scoot and Boogie through their Western swing filter, and they run it through the honky-tonk filter that Brooks and Dunn is so associated with. I should, I should probably be more careful about that timeline, though. I'm actually not sure which is the chicken and which is the egg here, because, again, this is Ronnie Dunn's song. So Sleep at the Wheel would have been interpreting Ronnie Dunn's demo, and we don't really know what Ronnie Dunn's demo sounded like, but... At any rate, regardless of which came first, it's interesting to hear how the same song can be placed in two different stylistic settings like this and still work. It's really that dance-swing commonality that's inherent in the song itself, regardless of style that allows that to happen. But there's another style that's somehow woven into the background of Brooks and Dunn's version besides Asleep at the Wheel's Western Swing, and that's the one I briefly alluded to earlier, 1950s rock and roll. And we connect those dots by way of past Nashville Anthems selection, Foster and Lloyd's Crazy Over You. Now, if you missed that episode and just did a double take, this, again, is the intro to Crazy Over You from 1987. And this is the intro to Boot Scoot and Boogie, from 1991. Without rehashing a point we labored in the Crazy Over You episode, if we're giving credit where credit is due, we sure better give Radney Foster and Bill Lloyd due regard for not just the intro and bass line, but basically the whole groove of Boot Scoot and Boogie. The grooves of those two songs and our old friend E-Blues are essentially indistinguishable. And so Crazy Over You was clearly self-consciously retro, as was Asleep at the Wheels, Boots, Guten Boogie, but specifically to 50s rock and roll, a point we spent essentially that entire episode unpacking. And because that retro vibe is so in the DNA of Boots, Guten Boogie, despite its lack of retro touch points, as clearly as those two predecessors, it maintains something old school in its feel. That old school vibe really comes out most in its most prominent musical character, and that's that of honky-tonk music. So let's talk about that. I mean, listen, Boots, Scoot, and Boogie isn't just honky-tonk music. It is the very definition of honky-tonk music, right? Besides being about a honky-tonk a la Long Neck Bottle, which definitely doesn't have to be the case for a song to be considered honky-tonk, by the way, Boots, Scoot, and Boogie is in honky-tonk style musically. 
the idea of honky-tonk music is too ubiquitous in 80s and 90s country music for us to deep dive on it every time it comes up. And we did dive pretty deep into the idea in the Long Neck Bottle episode already. But it's just not possible to do justice to Boot Scoot and Boogie without tipping our hats to its honky-tonk-ness. Because I think it's an arguable point that exactly this song is where the specific honky-tonk flavor of 80s and 90s neo-traditionalist country music peaked. Bold statement, right? Time will tell how insightful or foolish the statement was, but it's indisputable that Boot Scoot and Boogie absolutely owns and basks in the fact that it is neo-traditional honky-tonk music. And that's an idea so obvious that it'd be easy to miss it and overlook it, and in fact, you almost can't prove it. It's like, I went to high school with this girl who was a big Eagles fan and hated, I mean, absolutely despised the Beatles. Now, why she held appreciation for those two bands as mutually exclusive, I don't know. But she did, and she and I used to argue about it. She held the position that the Beatles were, in fact, not influential at all. And how do you dispute that? I mean, Beatles' influence is so strong. It's the very pool that everything else that follows it swam in. Not acknowledging that influence is simply missing the forest for the trees. It's like saying Ernest Hemingway wasn't an influential writer, or Alfred Hitchcock an influential director. They're beyond influential, so much so that the whole medium kind of falls apart without them. And Jennifer, if you're listening out there, your move. So that's what you have in Brooks and Dunn's music in general, actually, and most quintessentially in Boot Scoot and Boogie. It's so honky-tonk that if you take away the honky-tonk, you don't have an artifact to examine anymore. Honky-tonk so permeates this track that Boot Scoot and Boogie basically is honky-tonk music and vice versa. We could talk about the bright barroom piano, we could talk about the prominent fiddle, the particular way it's played, Dunn's vocals, all that, but none of that would do justice to a song that is basically the very definition of honky-tonk music. Honky-tonk music itself being arguably the soul of late 80s, early 90s, neo-traditionalist country music. So, when you have a song that epitomizes a style that itself epitomizes its context, maybe that's how you end up with a song as impactful and enduring as Brooks and Dunn's Boot Scoot and Boogie. Let's use that idea as a jumping-off point to get into the lyrical subject matter of Boot Scoot and Boogie. Because Boot Scoot and Boogie, like Long Neck Bottle after it, is a celebration, maybe the celebration, of a Western honky-tonk. Something we've heard before on this podcast, and obviously virtually a definitive category of country music in general. But as we've said, this music does more than repeat itself, right? 80s and 90s country music takes common country tropes like dancing in a western honky-tonk and views it from a specific and relatable angle. So what is that angle in Boot Scoot and Boogie? Well, it's related, I think, to a leveling of the playing field, the democratizing effect of this unpretentious locale. How about that? First off, the location itself. Where is it? Well, the song wastes no time in situating itself geographically. The action of the song is out in the country. So, four words in, and we're already explicitly rural, as we've often seen this music to be. It's past the city limit sign, so specifically not in the city, if there was any lingering doubt. And in fact, all the way to the county line. And there may be an implication there that the next county over is a dry county. That's a very rural, southern concept. So, Clearly a very rural setting, and we get a little more specific on that in the second half of the Doubled Up First Verse. We learn that the place is actually out in the woods, so off the beaten path. You have to take a highway to get to it, but it's invisible from the highway. That's why the song calls it a hideaway. Presumably on an unmarked dirt road, something like that. 
And that's where we get our first hint of the specifically democratic nature of this honky-tonk. Of course, I mean that term democratic, not politically, but socially. Lower your weapons, folks, and uh, lighten up, would you? Actually, that's just what I mean. And just what this song is saying. Drop your divisions, drop your arguments, drop your egos, even drop your class pride. Leave all that out on the side of the highway before you even make the turn. We're all on friendly and equal terms at this place. That idea gets quickly explicit, but it's very implicit in this double-link verse with the idea that this place is a hideaway. See, a hideaway makes it a shared secret, part of a trove of secret knowledge that only the enlightened have access to, knowledge that transcends all the class division that is so apparent from 9 to 5, because once the sun goes down, the hierarchy changes, and those in the know are able to let their collective hair down at this unpretentious social club while the agnostics, from the least to the greatest, miss out on this privilege. Now, if there was any doubt about this song's specifically democratic angle, the second verse makes it all explicit with the line, I see outlaws, in-laws, crooks, and straights, all out making it shake. So you've got all extremes of society here, right? The accepted and the unaccepted, the above board and the below, the winners and the losers, all finding that the dance floor is level at this western bar. And moreover... It's not just that the playing field is level, but everyone likes it that way. The pressure to live up is off of the elites, if you will, while the pressure to rise up is off of people like the singer, who gives us strong indications of which of these camps he's in with the references to quitting time and firing up his pickup truck. Now, these cultural struggles will all be back on Monday morning, no one doubts that. But for now, while the sun is down, and deep in these woods, it's maybe a little hard to see all our differences anyway, Let's just forget about them for a while. Drop all our pretenses, whether up, down, or sideways, and for crying out loud, just cut loose. And that relatable and appealing idea is ultimately what I'm hearing in Boot Scoot and Boogie, and maybe part of the reason the song is such an enduring part of 80s and 90s country music. Now, before we close this out, I want to acknowledge that I've left the door open for some argument, actually, on my basic point that Boot Scoot and Boogie is quintessentially honky-tonk music, and it's related to the instrumentation. So hit me up at MeltonMcMainerberry at gmail.com or under Nashville Anthems on either Instagram or Facebook if you want to challenge me on that or on anything else. Or maybe have more to tease out on this selection or others. I'd love to hear from you. But enough about that. Time to hang up our boots and find out what song we'll be looking at on our next episode of Nashville Anthems. To that end, I'm going to pull up Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country station right now and see what's playing. We have Steve Warner. Again, can you believe it for the fourth time? We have holes in the floor of heaven. I look forward to getting into that one with you in two weeks. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.